0: Beautiful people and welcome to the Glorious and the Mundane Podcast. I'm your host, Christine Knuckles. I changed up the music today in celebration of the Beheld Lullabies for the Beloved instrumental album that I just released this past week. It's out in all digital forms now, and I hope you have been enjoying it. I was thinking the other day as I was driving around listening to it, which, side note, I don't normally ride around and listen to my own records, but (laughs) I'm actually enjoying this one because it's not me singing to myself. But I love it as a backdrop. And as I was driving around beautiful Tennessee, I was thinking, not to get too artsy on you, but the lyrics sometimes just need to be our surroundings. And out where we live, the horses and the trees and the hills of Tennessee speak volumes. And sometimes it's just nice to have a music bed underneath all of it, a soundtrack. But you're letting the sights around you speak instead, even the people around you, even the little conversations from the back seat of the car. Sometimes we just need to let those sing. My husband, Nathan, worked so hard on this album, and he did an amazing job keeping it true to the original, while also adding in new things in all the tracks, which I've loved. We keep calling this an invitation to rest. This world is chaotic and noisy, and as we see daily in the news full of absolute tragedy, We need a place to rest. We don't want to be about shutting out the tragedy, but we want to be about having a response to it. And to me, this album, both the lyric version and the instrumental, I believe were dreamed up for the Lord for such a time as this to help people through the very difficult times that we're living in right now. And we pray that this album is a way for you to just set your environment up for peace and for the presence of God to be invited in. You can pre-order a physical copy of the album on my website at christinockles.com and those will ship actually in early June. A fun little surprise in the packaging is that there are these little lyric and scripture panels kind of that you can tear out of the actual CD art that are frameable. We did this on purpose. We did the packaging in this beautiful white and gold. It's the original artwork, but it's kind of flip-flopped with white and gold. And I can see these beautifully hanging on the wall of an office or a nursery. It's just a fun little touch. The artwork is by the lovely Lindsay Pruitt again. She just knocked it out of the park in capturing the spirit of this album. Anyway, be watching on Instagram, I will say, for a summer giveaway that's gonna be really fun that's tied into the Lullaby album. So be on the lookout for that. And speaking of summer... Don't miss out on the podcast continuing throughout the summer for our patrons. If you'd like to become a patron and join us for the Summer in the Psalm series, Living a Life of Worship Right in the Middle of the Mundane, it's just $6 a month, and it's as simple as going to patreon.com slash Knockles. that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N, and you can sign up there. The Patreon app is free, and you can listen to the podcast straight from the app, And also inside of that app, you can be a part of our little community, which I love so much. You will receive journal prompts around each podcast that kind of act like a mini study sort of to go deeper into these themes of each episode and much, much more. Anyway, I would love for you to be a part of that. Well, how can it be time already? The school year Is ending for us, for many of us. We've got babies graduating, seasons are ending, including this being the last official episode of season two of the podcast, like I said. But when I think about summer, it sounds kind of funny, but I think of the beauty of boredom. Lauren Tomlin touched on this on the last episode, that boredom is actually kind of this gateway to rest, to choose to not busy ourselves, but rather sit in the moment. I know for us, because we have school-age children, we notice all the more sort of this disengagement that summer can be in a really healthy way. Of course, by the end of the summer, we all know that we're all ready for the engagement again, right? We crave the structure. But for a time, for a season, it's good to pull back. We need to be bored. We need the chance to break away from these bigger commitments and these larger responsibilities and kind of focus on the small again. And often it's the small, isn't it, that reminds us of the why behind the bigger things. It's like, oh yeah, I do love being a part of that. Or maybe the small helps us ask the question, Why am I doing that again? (laughs) But all in all, in pulling back and focusing on the beautiful basics of the small things, I think it keeps our hearts alive. I love this illustration that our friend Charlie Hall shared with us years ago Charlie is a worship pastor in Oklahoma City and has been a friend of Nathan and mine for so many years, actually since we were teenagers. And one thing I love about Charlie is that every time I hear him teach to this day, or share, or even just a conversation in passing, there's so much wisdom that comes from his heart, and I still learn from him a lot as a worship leader. But Charlie had taken a group of his worship leaders to a very large conference where some worship leaders were leading in an arena, and of course, everything was done dialed in just right because this was a huge operation. The sound and lights were just right because they should be for a conference this size. This was, of course, the greater assembly, if you will, at its finest, everything fine-tuned just so, and while it's all very exciting and mesmerizing, it can also make a local worship leader from a small town in Oklahoma feel just that, kind of small, And it's easy to start questioning when you are engulfed in an amazing experience like that, does the small thing in front of me that I'm a part of really matter? As Charlie conversed with his leaders that day, he was able to come around them with some encouragement about the small things in a way that I've never forgotten. He talked about how the bigger things are just that, they are big, and they have a larger reach, like a net, as in a net that you'd pull fish in with. It's amazing if you get to be a part of the larger net reach. I've definitely gotten to be a part of that. Periodically, I get to stand with friends and fellow leaders in arenas and lead masses of people, and it is a beautiful thing. But what's most beautiful about the larger net reach, and this is kind of was Charlie's point, is that the larger net is actually really just made up of small nets that just get tied together to make a larger reach. So if the big net is really just lots of small nets that come together, it's important, isn't it, to cultivate our smaller net, the smaller reach of our lives. Charlie encouraged his leaders that each of them have this smaller net. Each of them have a reach to their lives. Some of us may never really get to tie our small net to this Big, larger net, and that's okay. The small reach of our lives is all that Jesus has asked of us. He said, Make disciples of all men, whatever that looks like in our lives. It's also so important to remember that if we do get the opportunity to tie our smaller net to the bigger net every now and then, it's important, isn't it, to make sure that our little corner of the big net is strong and cultivated and well kept operating at full capacity when it's our time to go tie in, and having been someone who ties my smaller net to the bigger net quite often, I'll tell you this much. Most of real life is the smaller net reach. It's the smaller net moments, and that helps you know where to place the bigger reach and the bigger net or the bigger thing, whatever that is, It is a great thing that God will surely use, but gosh, if that's all there is to life, the bigger moments, we're kind of up a creek in terms of the mundane. It sheds a light on the concept of being faithful in the small things, doesn't it? And it reminds me of Matthew 6, where it's repeatedly said, And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. I love the idea of cultivating the smaller net in the secret place. In fact, I want to unpack this a little more throughout the summer in the psalm series as we talk about living a life of worship. Cultivating the smaller net in the secret place ties into a life of worship actually seamlessly. I think about the smaller net of my mother's life, the conversations she had The piano lessons she taught all these years, helping literally hundreds of young people learn to express their heart through learning to play the piano. She always had a big recital for her students this time of year, complete with cookies and punch and pretty little napkins and plates. This was her way of honoring those students and making them feel a sense of purpose and accomplishment. I think about the garden she grew in our backyard, teaching me to eat raw vegetables as a kid and to learn to think of them as a treat, which I did, and I still do to this day. I love raw veggies. I think of her leading me to the Lord that night in church because she knew how to talk to me and how to get to my heart. I think of her caring for the people of our congregation as I'm sure she battled, wanting to just kind of get lost behind the loneliness of being a pastor's wife all those years. But because she cultivated her smaller net, her net helped me form mine and her reach changed my reach. For me, cultivating the smaller net has looked like me not depending so much on that bigger net where I basically could get lost for whole seasons of my life, like on purpose. (laughs) And it was kind of okay with me because it was safe in a way. I didn't have to truly own my voice and speak from a place from my heart. And there was kind of a little bit of bliss in that. Honestly, maybe it was just a season that I needed to pour into other things and that was okay. But I knew When the time came that God was calling me to use my voice in a new way, and it scared me. I think I've told you before about my friend Shannon saying to me, Christy, I think you're going to remember in this season of God calling you forward that you have these little things on your back called wings— And in her Shannon animated way, she demonstrated as if she were struggling to be released from a cocoon. And she was like, oh, yeah, these are wings. I'm flapping my wings right now. I don't know about you, though, but I sometimes feel like Heimlich the Caterpillar from Pixar's A Bug's Life, where the whole movie he keeps saying, someday I will be a beautiful butterfly and then everything will be better. Of course, when he squeezes out of the cocoon, he looks exactly the same (laughs) with this tiny pair of wings on his back. And that's most of us, isn't it? That's real life. We want this massive metamorphosis, but sometimes cultivating the smaller things is like, okay, yes, things don't actually look that different, but I do have this small set of wings on my back and I need to start learning or relearning how to flap them. Maybe for you, it's spending time with the right people that you know will help shape you and push you and love you in the best way. Maybe it's carving out time to do that. My friend told me the other day that she came up with the idea to just camp out at one of our favorite coffee shops here in Franklin called Frothy Monkey. She just said, I'm camping out there for several days. Come one, come all. This is where I'll be. And I love that. Rather than trying to book like a bunch of different individual coffees for several weeks, she just decided to carve out and camp out and just be with her people. That's cultivating the smaller net. It might look like mentoring for you or teaching a skill that you're passionate about. It might look like honing in on that skill so that you can teach it at a later time. It could look like repairing places in your net. Maybe it's finding a godly counselor to help you work through some things that maybe you have sort of reached the end of your rope on And in order to repair those places in your net so that it can be strong again, you need guidance. God has gifted people to help you through that, and maybe to focus in on the small thing is the big thing for you this summer. It reminds me of young King David out in the fields before he was king, actually, all those years where he sat and sang to sheep. Yes, there was apparently an occasional bear that he conquered, but most days it was probably singing to sheep out of complete boredom. And you have to think, a day of boredom, I wonder if it opens up into a night of wonder. I remember those long summer days of swinging out on our rope swing by our pond and watching for water moccasins as my yellow lab doggy paddled and splashed around in our pond. Or I remember just seeing how big I could get my hair with my mom's hot rollers. (laughs) Looking back on it, it was just having space, the absence of busyness. But I remember it would open my heart up at night, having all that space all day. It would do something to my heart at night. The veil would lift. I'd put on a record in my room. I'd read my Bible. I'd journal. I'd dream about what I wanted my life to be, who I wanted to marry. I'd write letters to friends because I didn't have a phone to text people. It was this beautiful waste of time that was the making of me. I don't know if you guys remember or not, but back around 2007, there was this phone interview circulating online of a little boy named Logan from Nebraska, who they called Logan the Sky Angel Cowboy. He called into a Christian radio station that he listened to a lot and he was weeping. He was about 12 at the time and he could barely speak because he was so moved by something that he said that God had spoken to him through the death of a calf on their farm that morning that he had to actually put down himself because it it had a broken back, and it wasn't going to thrive. And I remember you could hear the clarity and the wonder and the majesty in His voice that God had just spoken to Him on the farm that morning. You can actually look it up on YouTube. It has over 10 million views. Why? Because I think it's precious, but it's also peculiar to hear the anointing of God in this little guy's voice of a kid who obviously had space and wonder in his life on that farm. And just like David there in the fields with the sheep, I have to believe that boredom as a young boy in that space made way in his heart for words like Psalm 8. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory about the heavens. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, What is man that you are mindful of him, and the Son of Man that you care for him? In reading that, there's such a sense of smallness inside of the wonder, isn't there? A sense of smallness, I believe, that we are intended to feel, that I want my kids to feel, that they find themselves sort of lost in mystery, with the sense that their only hope in the lostness is knowing the One, this Jesus who is the only one who can truly find them and the only one who can truly know them. Well, I titled today's episode, How Can It Be Time Already?, in honor of my guest, who I believe is on her way to having a large platform or a bigger reach, if you will, because her life, even at the ripe old age of 18, which you'll hear later in our interview that we secretly think she's 62, She's like truly the oldest soul in the youngest body that I've ever met. But even at 18, her life speaks in terms of what she's chosen to do with the smaller reach of her life as she dreams to one day have that larger reach. What a concept, huh? It's definitely something to stop and take notice of. I wonder, too, what can we learn from an 18-year-old? Or should I say, what can we unlearn by listening to a fresh-faced, bright-eyed, and bushy-tailed young 18-year-old woman? Yes, I could brush aside her bushy little tail and tell her that there's a lot of dark in this world that can dim out those bright eyes of hers. Or I could stop and listen and learn. Adeline Hill is my oldest niece, the daughter of Amaryllis Kristen, and my brother, Eric Hill, who has been a guest on this podcast before as well. Adeline is a singer-songwriter who lives in Atlanta, Georgia, and she released her debut single called Moments to Memories last fall that my husband, Nathan, produced for her. And he and I have had the privilege of getting to mentor her in this music venture. Adeline plans to pursue mainstream music full-time after graduation, which is this week, actually. That's a big decision and had a big spiritual epiphany along with it that you'll get to hear her talk about. Honestly, I teared up during that part of the interview because it reminded me so much of me when I was her age, as I hope it reminds you of you. She shares about how God basically met her at her steering wheel in a Walgreens parking lot right in the midst of making this big life decision, and it was as if God lifted an imaginary veil so that she could suddenly see things as they truly were. And it took me back, back to a few of those moments in my own life where suddenly the mystery didn't seem all that scary, but in fact, it felt beautiful and safe even just for a moment. And it was those moments that would carry me to other moments that turned into days and weeks and months and years. And some of those very moments have carried me to stirrings, to songs, And all the way to the point of whispering out the idea of starting a podcast. (laughs) If you're single and maybe you feel out on your own or feel like it's just you against the world, maybe you keep grasping to get a hold of a bigger net somewhere to tie into, today's for you. I pray that God reminds you that your smaller net is a worthy cause to cultivate right where you are today, If you're a mom of a tween or a teenager, maybe go for a drive and play this portion, Adeline's interview, for them. I think it will really encourage your kids right where they are, that they can hear from God that dreams are not necessarily something that just magically come true, but they are something that we can learn to cultivate. Maybe some of us adults need to unlearn some things that we might have picked up along the way and started believing about our smaller net. And we need to set those things straight and begin to cultivate that net again in faithfulness. I'm reminded here of 1 Timothy 4, 7-15. Have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly. For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. This is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance— That is why we labor and strive, because we have put our hope in the living God, who is the Savior of all people, and especially of those who believe. Command and teach these things. Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to preaching, and to teaching. Do not neglect your gift, which was given you through the prophecy, when the body of elders laid their hands on you. Be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them, so that everyone may see your progress. Watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them, because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. These verses were a letter from Paul to Timothy which I love. This was Paul helping Timothy both discern and identify false teaching and also encouraging Timothy in how he could be molded and shaped by the gospel and to keep it up. I think it's this beautiful reminder to us that there are things that we can cultivate now that hold promise as Paul said for both the present and for the life to come. There are both present and eternal things that we are cultivating and shaping right here in the middle of the mundane. I love that. I love how He urges Timothy to not let anyone look down on him because he's young, but to just set an example right where he is. Maybe for some of us today, it's a reminder to not look down upon the truths that were even set in us when we were young. Maybe it's to not forget a calling that was on our lives when we were younger. Just like Paul urged Timothy, do not neglect your gift which was given you through prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands on you. I love this. Paul was saying, remember that time? I was there. I saw it with my own eyes. We all laid hands on you. And I know that God put something in you that day. I love that, that God might remind us both of what He put in us a long time ago, or even last month for that matter, And maybe he's reminding us to call it out in someone else. And getting to mentor Adeline, one of the hardest things about it was looking her in the eye as a 13-year-old and telling her that it wasn't time yet. Her songs and ideas were actually great, like even some of them kind of explosive in a good way. Like I remember thinking, you and Chris Martin might just be friends one day. But I kept encouraging her to do something that would be actually pretty counterculture, to be made in the secret. And she did that, and it's been beautiful to watch. And what I can tell that the secret has formed in her was this ability to now articulate who she is and the songs that are coming from her life. And as I watched her in the studio this past fall with studio musicians from here in Nashville who've played for artists like Ben Rector and Keith Urban and Drew Holcomb in the studio where Taylor Swift did her first album— I watched Adeline remain so poised and articulate, and she had this quiet confidence, a very humble authority about her, which we've talked about before. And she was just using her voice, not just her singing voice, but when she started to talk about where the songs came from, it literally kind of hushed the room. And I watched these grown men listen to this then 17-year-old girl. And I watched them respond to her. And I've seen a lot of tracking sessions in my day in this town. And it's a really special thing in Nashville if these musicians hang around at the end just to encourage the artist. One of them even said to her, we work every day with artists twice your age that don't even have half the talent and poise that you have. I had to believe that The Secret has grown out of line like only The Secret could. And while she was being formed and quietly waiting until it was time, I think it kind of snuck up on her. And now here she is, struggling to get out of the cocoon, and she's saying, "'How can it be time already?' I want you to hear her latest song before I play the interview. I think it will give you some context going in, and maybe you'll listen in a different way as she speaks. This is Adeline Hill singing, How Can It Be Time Already? And then enjoy my brief interview with my sweet niece.
1: There's excitement in the air Of that hospital waiting room It's been nine whole months already now they finally do. And the friends and the families are laughing out loud. Cause this is the day they all talked about. But then in the commotion, a nurse grabbed her hand and said, Slow down, honey, cause it's kinda funny. Just the fast When I found some of my mom She was in a college sweatshirt Finally living on her own Then I pointed to the picture and said That will be me soon And my mom got me. She said, slow down, honey, cause it's kind of funny Just how fast time goes
0: I'm so excited to get to sit here today with my baby niece. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Well, I got to watch you grow up and always at the keyboard and Mm -hmm. kind of plankety planking around in those days, just and none of us had a clue what was inside. We've always called you an old soul, like you're like a 62 year old in an 18 year old body. But you've been like yeah. that since you were young mm-hmm. and since you were really little. Um, when did the songwriting thing kind of really spark for you? When did it really start where you're like, I'm passionate about this? Right. I think,
2: honestly, when whenever you'd come to visit us, I think it would almost like kind of jump start me into this like, okay, I, I, I really like this, you know, mm-hmm. because I'd be around you and, you know... I'd get to come visit y'all wherever you were. If you were stopping for a tour date, you know, I'd Mm -hmm. be like, I'd be in the audience being like, I need to do this. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I think just the sweetness that I got to be around, you know. Yeah. I mean, I've written songs my whole life, but I think, especially when we moved to Atlanta, I -hmm. think that was really my only way of processing things. You know, I was new. I didn't really know a lot of people. So songwriting was the first thing that just made me feel comforted and made me feel like, okay, like, I'm known here, like, in this little corner of my room, you know, with Mm -hmm. my piano. Um, And life started happening, and, you know, Mm -hmm. I started liking boys and making friends, and I would write songs about that. And that became kind of the first time that I was like, okay, like, I can actually write songs Mm -hmm. and finish them and, and people... I hope like them, you know. Yeah. So,
0: I think. Well, finishing them, I know, has been a big deal for you right, because right. I've kind of helped walk you through yeah. that process since you were probably twelve. We really started talking about yeah. it, maybe thirteen. What was that like to cultivate creativity every day, or at least? several times a week to get yourself in that discipline? Because I know you and me are a lot alike, Mm -hmm. Um, just, you know, pretty free-spirited, like, you know, don't love to be like, you know, have to be nailed down in this time frame and like to get creative. But what's that been like to cultivate that every day?
2: I think the biggest thing is like looking at songwriting and creativity as not like not a chore, you know, that has to be done. Yeah it's just like scheduling intentional time. Like me and my dad were talking about this like literally over breakfast today, you Mm -hmm. know? Like it's always gonna be something that I have to work on because like you said, you and me are a lot alike and we'll just like record ideas on our phones or, Mm -hmm. you know, but the thing is it's ideas, you know? (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so I think finishing the song is so important because it's taught me just self-discipline, you know, in a good way. It's not like a, I have to do this, I have to do that. It's like you just sit down and you just kind of open your hands and you're like, okay, yeah. I need to finish this and I need to finish it well. And that has almost taught me personal responsibility, mm-hmm. you know, to step into a place of like, I can do this. I can sit down and I can, mm-hmm. I can work on it. Yeah. Um, and I think in that order, there's even more freedom. There's even more creativity you know, it's like I can continue writing songs because I know that I can finish them and I can I can do something, you know, worthy with them. So. Yeah.
0: I know that um, probably around age 13, it was kind of during that move, like you were saying, and, mm-hmm. you know, you were really like, okay, I want to do this with my life. And I remember, <laughs> you know, you were just, you were ready for it to happen. And yeah. we were all just like, you know. It's gonna happen, babe. Like, (laughs) yeah. And we've just been, you know, kind of helping just Uh to protect and, but also encourage and breathe in and speak in. But like, um, what was what was that like to have to wait? And what did that what did that teach you in the waiting? Mm -hmm. I mean, because you had to finish high school. I mean, we wanted you to. You know, it was like we. Part of that is like waiting until you have something to say Yeah. for real. Like, what yeah. do you want to say? And I remember you like not being able to articulate it yet. Right. And I feel like now you are at a place where you can yeah. articulate it. Sorry, I cut yeah. you off. But it was hard to watch you wait, but yeah. it's been sweet too. What's it been like?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think I'm, first of all, I'm so glad that y'all, <laughs> y'all made me wait. Because <laughs> I was like, I mean, what in the world would I have sung about and yeah. When I was thirteen, you know, like no one's gonna be like, Wow, this is a great song for a thirteen year old. I'm really gonna apply this to my life. <laughs> you know. But um I think it's it's been hard. I mean, it's been hard waiting, but like you said, I think I'm at this place now where I would much rather <laughs> be where I am right now and put out things that people can relate to or mm-hmm. they're inspired by, like genuinely mm-hmm. inspired by. And um and I think like i said it's just it's kind of taught me like self discipline and mm-hmm. and to trust you know the lord that he has mm-hmm. he's going to complete what he said he would complete you know yeah. and i think um just right now stepping into this season of life where i'm like okay like what now because i've waited you know mm-hmm. and it's been the best 4 years of my life because I think there was that hedge of protection mm. that y'all were to me, you know, like mm. hey, just just stay here, just be made in the secret, just mm. continue to grow and and shape who you are mm. and um, really work on your craft and I think that is something that I I value so much and and even you know not talking about like songs, but like it just in general, like yeah. if it's if the, the Lord's not opening a door, like very clearly, then I, that's kind of my cue to be like, okay, yeah, like just remind myself, like, okay, I'm going to be made in the secret. Mm. You know, he's going to complete what he said he's going to complete, you know, in my life. And, and so it's really taught me to trust him and trust you and, you know, my parents and my family, that they're always going to look out for me. And so, Mm. you know, although teenagers don't love to say it, but like, you know, Older people are right. <laughs> um, yes. So um, awesome. yeah, <laughs> I think it's been a sweet and hard, but mm-hmm. like mostly sweet season mm-hmm. of just like letting myself grow into yeah. who he's created me to be. And I think now, you know, the outcome of that is is so much better than than I thought. You mm-hmm. know, yeah,
0: <laughs> so. yeah. Earlier in the podcast, I talked about. Cultivating the smaller net in our lives, my friend Charlie Hall um, one time shared that, and it changed my life because you know you've watched me through you know many years of being on grand stages, big places, arenas, leading yeah. thousands of people, um, and that's kind of the large reach, right? That's the large right. net, and um, you know. But what that has taught me cultivating the smaller net is that I also have this small reach in my life i have this smaller net that yes sometimes i get to go tie to that bigger net but the small net is important that it doesn't have any holes in it and that it's well kept yeah. and you know what has that been like to cultivate that smaller net i know that especially with releasing singles already you've you've been played on the radio yeah. um, we've been listening to some yeah. radio stations in england have been going yeah. crazy over your music in more than one station, <laughs> playing it more than one time, yeah. like multiple times. Um, that's kind of the larger net stuff. But mm-hmm. it's like, what about that smaller reach in Adeline's life have you been cultivating now? And you know how do you want to cultivate that in the future as well as you move forward?
2: Right. right. That smaller net for me has been Legacy, my school, you know, and people joke about it because it's so small. They're like, oh, you go to Legacy. You're not Mm -hmm. even going to a real school.
0: That was our school, by the way. (laughs) When we we were in Atlanta, our kids went to Legacy with their cousins. But yeah, go ahead. It's an amazing place. It
2: is. It's amazing. And I think, you know, I've been in school with some of those kids for since eighth grade, you know, five years, we've, we've grown up together. We've really watched each other change and become who we're supposed to be. And I think walking into that school, like every single day, that has really changed the way that I view, you know, just intentionality and like teachers wanting to help you get to know you and, and having Bible classes and life prep classes and like, Like, how can we all come together and really, like, cheer each other on in life? And, you know, it was really emotional a couple days ago. It was our last class together. Mm. There was just one part when they had the whole school come and pray for us and lay hands on us. And, I mean, I started bawling because Mm -hmm. I just realized, like, even though this is such a small school, this is such a small classroom People make fun of it. Like mm-hmm. it has been the sweetest experience to get to walk in and, and see these familiar faces and people that I genuinely know and I love and I trust. And I mean, these people are family to me. And I think mm-hmm. having having those people mm-hmm. that are just family to you and they will love you no matter what, no matter where you are, no matter your kind of social status, if if right. you will. But I mean, that's been that's been the sweetest thing for me in in terms of having I love that.
0: that yeah so it's it's people it's family right. it's like having those people in your right. life that you can be real and and who um encourage you and and also kind of push you know sometimes mm-hmm. when you need that little push yeah I know you've had um like Suzanne who's yeah. um a, a mutual friend of ours who's been in your life and I know she kind of helped you through a huge decision yeah. earlier this year um as all of your friends were buzzing with excitement about planning for college um you were feeling this nudge, and you didn't really <laughs> even know it and suzanne right. kind of who who actually kind of helped start that school get it off the ground yeah um she kind of helped pull that out, right yeah, this decision of actually not gonna you're not gonna go to college mm-hmm. it's a big it's a yeah. big decision, so tell me about that what what was that like <laughs> um yeah, it's a big one,
2: yeah, um it was July going into senior year. And we were in a coffee shop, Starbucks. It was a really busy day. And we were just sitting there, and I was just kind of telling her, like, about music. And I was like, yeah, you know, I'll probably have to have a decision about college, you know, in April, you know, just to see, you know, how how, um, full-time this is really going to be. And she just kind of looked at me, and she, you know, that look that she gives, she just kind of like, I "I can (laughs) see right through everything you're putting up. (laughs) Um, And she goes... Adeline do you know and I was like what like what do you mean do I know and she was like do you know what what the decision is and I just started fidgeting and I was sweating and I was like looking around and she was like oh honey like you are so easy to read and she was like that's kind of our joke like I can come into bible study she has a bible study every week and she's just like okay mm. sit down like yeah I can see through you um and so she just kind of kept asking me like do you know and I just looked at her and I said yeah mm. I know I think I know and she was like okay so um do you want to say it out loud and I was mm. like what <laughs> and she said you know when you say it out loud it becomes real mm. and it becomes an opportunity that you can either reject or kind of hold on to, you know, and start to accept mm-hmm. and live with. And, and I just started bawling, like, oh, in this Starbucks yeah. full of people. Like, I didn't care who else was in the room. Like, I just started bawling because I felt the Holy Spirit so strongly mm. um, in that Starbucks. And, and I was just like, okay, like, I was like, I, I think I need to say it. And she was like, yeah, I think you do too. And I was like, okay, I need to say it now. And she was like, okay. Mm. <laughs> And so she just grabbed my hand. She's like, what do you want to say? And I was like, you know, I'm not going to go to college. Mm. And then she just kind of looked at me and she goes, because, and I said, (laughs) because I'm pursuing music full time. Mm. And so um, she left and I'll never forget this. Um, I was driving in my car on the way to Walgreens to like pick up some makeup and like Mm -hmm. random stuff. And I just sat there like I couldn't get out of my car in the Walgreens parking lot and I was like, you know what? I think I just need some truth just washed over me right now because I'm really feeling scared. Mm. <laughs> I don't know what I just did. Um, and so I pressed shuffle on my little um, Go Jesus playlist. Mm. And um, With You Now by Ellie Holcomb came on. Wow. And I started bawling. And it wasn't like the cute, like, crying. It was like, I mean, just on my face, sobbing, like, mm. Just gripping the steering wheel. And I just found myself like saying, like, I'm so sorry, Lord. Like, I'm so sorry. Because I was having this revelation of like, I forgot that He was gonna be with me, mm-hmm. you know? And like I just started crying because I was like, I've been protecting myself for so long. Mm-hmm. And I've been trying to like fit myself into other people's boxes, you know? Yeah. When I really should have just been like Okay, Jesus. Like I'm, I'm so sorry. Like you said, you would lead me. You said be, you'd be with me, and so I'm gonna trust you now. Even when everyone else seems like they have plans and they have check boxes, and and maybe I don't feel like I have that, but mm-hmm. I'm gonna trust you because you said you'd be with me. You know, and it's been so sweet just being under my parents and and in their house. You know, they have a ministry called With You. You know, and it's helping people remember and rest in the secret and the sacred. You know, and and mm-hmm. I was like. What? I've been surrounded by this but I finally get it and I walked awesome. in to my house just sobbing and my parents were like, "Oh my gosh, what's wrong?" and I was like, "Mom, I get it. I get it. I get what your whole ministry is about. Like, oh. I get it." And um I was like, "I get I know how it feels to be Moses like I do." Mm. When God was like, "I'm not going to give you a pep talk like I'll be with you. That's all you need because you're not going to do it. Like, I'll be with you." Mm. And so it's been the sweetest, like, reminder of just, like, even when I feel like, okay, I don't know where I'm going to live next year. I don't know how I'm going to, mm-hmm. you know, survive by myself. Um, I just know that He's going to be with me because it's ultimately not on me That's right. to be able to, you know, be a light. It's It's Jesus through me, and yeah. He's going to be with me through everything. And so... That was kind of my big revelation about not going big, to college. <laughs> it's a big, beautiful one. Yeah.
0: It's so awesome. Yeah. Well, I love um, that your your parents um, have been such um, shepherds in your life, and it's so mm-hmm. obvious. Um, yeah. They're pretty much um, celebrities on this podcast. <laughs> um, your mama is Amaryllis Kristen, for all of you um, who love Amaryllis Kristen. Yes. Um, and then your dad is Eric, my older brother. And yeah. um I love the presence that they have just in my life, and I've loved Mm -hmm. watching them um, parent you. Um, And I would love for you to just talk about kind of how they have helped you through your life shape your creativity and kind of how they've— shepherded you, it's obvious in what you just said, even even though the Holy Spirit was the one that ignited that, <laughs> yeah. like, okay, like he was, I love that he lifted the veil and you were able to finally yeah. just go, this is what, this is what you wanted me to see mm-hmm. all along, you know, um, what is it that your parents maybe have um, done or just that you can remember through the years that have helped really train and shepherd and and him you in and kind of yeah. cultivate that? that kind of hard in you. Yeah. Um,
2: you know, we have this family motto and it's leave people and places better than you found it. Mm. And I just grew up hearing that, you know. And um and I think that's kind of the reason why I wanted to write like uplifting songs and songs that, you know, even if they were sad, like they could help someone f- feel and work through the sadness, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think just living with that mentality of like leave people in places better than you found them. Like when I, when I want someone to listen to my song, I want them to leave with something, Mm -hmm. something substantial, you know, whether that's happiness or excitement or, Mm -hmm. hey, maybe I am sad right now, but it's going to be okay. You know? And I think living life with that mentality has been such a gift because that's something that they've just ingrained in me. Mm -hmm. So it's just, it's almost natural to want to do that. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't feel like a chore, which I think is so, it's awesome that they've taken the time to really talk through that with me and what that looks like. And, Mm -hmm. and, um, even with, grades or school, like, how are you going to leave your school better than you found it? How Mm. are you going to leave your friend better than you found it? Mm. How are you going to leave, you know, your
0: songs better than you found them, Mm -hmm. you know? I love it. Well, you, I always say when I describe you to people that you are bright with Jesus, um, that you have just His smile across your life and your face and your eyes. And His smile is across your songs, even though you might not be (laughs) saying the name Jesus in right. your songs um it's full of his life the life right. that he offers and so i know that um that that was a big decision for you i remember you kind of first even like whispering it to me like i don't think i'm going to do christian music mm-hmm. and i remember you going through that and you know you have watched me like i said in uncle Nate for 20 years in ministry and your parents have been in ministry and, you know, but you're going, I think I'm supposed to write songs about life. And what's that been like? And, and mm-hmm. you know, kind of maybe sharing that with your parents. What was that like? And how did they respond? And has yeah. that kind of been a journey?
2: Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's definitely been a journey. Um, And like I said, I, I grew up really you know, being around y'all and Chris Tomlin. And Mm -hmm. I loved Britt Nicole growing up. I mean, I just know every single word of every single one of her songs Um, (laughs) just from memory because Mm -hmm. I would just sit there and like listen to Christian songs because I think that's, you know, that's that's all I knew. That's all I was around. And I'm so thankful for that because it built that foundation of like, I'm going to write life-giving songs no matter what, you know. Our dear friend and family she means she's family Molly Moody Mm, um she I remember talking to her about it and I was like do you Molly do you think it's okay if I don't write Christian songs and she goes she just kind of sat down on my bed and she was like Adeline she was like if you truly believe that Jesus is in your heart I mean I was maybe 15 when she told me this Mm. 13 or 14 something like that but she was just like if you truly believe that Jesus is in your heart like if you're writing songs from your heart like there will be an overflow of Jesus even if you don't say his name directly you know Mm -hmm. and I think that's something that I always wanted to incorporate in my songs is like even if I'm not saying Jesus I want people to feel something different like I want people to walk away like I said with something substantial Mm -hmm. to hold on to to be like hey that's that's different like that song gives me a different feel mm-hmm. when I walk away with mm-hmm. it, when I sing it, when I dance to it, you know? Yeah. yeah, I I always hold on to what Molly told me. Like, if I, I really do that. believe that Jesus in my heart, like, He will be the overflow in all of these songs that I write.
0: I love so, that. Well, the song that you just put out for, actually, it was, we timed it, didn't we? We, we thought it through for this mm-hmm. to be <laughs> the graduation song. Yeah. Um, it's called How Can It Be Time Already? Mm-hmm. And you released that. In May, right? Yeah. This month. And it's been a sweet journey to watch you write that. I remember kind of when you first had that f- first idea. Um, but tell me kind of just how you got that first idea and yeah. how this, how you finished this and, and the timing of it uh, couldn't yeah. be more perfect for your senior yeah. year. It's been really sweet. Tell me about it. Yeah.
2: Well, I think I got the idea one night on my bed and I was just really thinking, like, I'm, okay, I'm gonna be a senior, and like I said, I I love to write songs to help me process things, and so I kind of just started thinking of like things that have been so impactful to me in my senior year, and my relationship with my mom has really grown. And like, mm. there's this there's this song. It's it's a Kelsey Ballerini song, but she said sometimes I'm my mother's daughter, sometimes I'm her friend, mm. and so me and my mom have really grown a lot closer just because. I'm in this season where like I am 18 and so I'm I'm starting to figure out things and she doesn't need to be like, mm. you know, telling me what to do all the time. But also she is my mom and so we've gotten so much closer mm. through these past couple months of me just trying to figure out life and having her as a friend to be able to lean on and as a mom too to be able to lean on. And so I really thought that she would be such a good inspiration for this song. And so I I started writing it as like a story as a mother first going into labor and having her baby. And she's like, how can it be time already for me to have a baby? You know, like how, mm. how, do, how can it be time? You know, it's been nine months already. And so, and then it just kind of fast forward and she's driving with her little girl on her first day of school and she's dropping her off. And, and then it just kind of switches over to me and my mom's story. You know, it's mm. like you're looking at pictures of my mom, when she was in college and living on her own and graduating, and I just said like that'll be me soon, mom, you know, and um and so it was it was really sweet to play it for her for the first time. Um, after I wrote it, she, I went into her room and I was like, "Hey, mom, I have a song," mm. <laughs> and I sat down and she bawled and she was like, "You can't do that to me." She was like, "I wasn't <laughs> ready for that." <laughs> And so, um, at this point, it was like beginning of senior year. So it, mm. she was like, "I oh, I don't want to feel this yet. No, no, no."
0: Yeah, every time you would even play <laughs> any of it, like even just a few lines, we would all tear up yeah. in the kitchen. Like even <laughs> Uncle Nate himself.
2: Yes, that was when I was. He's like, like "Okay, <laughs>
0: this
2: might be a, this might be a good song <laughs> if Uncle Nate's crying."
0: Exactly.
2: Um, but it was really sweet. It was released early May, and I was on spring break with my high school friends and it was our last high school spring break together Mm -hmm. and so it was a room of about 20 kids and we were just all like crowding around the couches like listening to the song and just like it was really sinking in like this is senior year and it is it's coming to an end quick and um and that was really sweet and at the same time my mom was with her college roommates at their Baylor reunion and mm. so i mean she was like mom's had to go out of the room and i mean like everyone was crying so oh, i bet
0: i love the timing of yeah. of the lord in that <laughs> i just felt like that was such a sweet gift to yeah. your mom like yeah. just and to you all mm-hmm. at the same time especially cuz it originated with her i love how yeah. that little thread is is sewn through yeah. there it's so sweet of the yeah. lord and
2: it's sweet cuz whenever i he- whenever i hear that song i'll always think of this season and i'll always think of my friends and my mom and, like, where I was, you know, mm-hmm. this sweet, like, I don't know what I'm doing, but yeah. <laughs> um, I know that I have my family and Jesus to walk me through this. So it, it it's it's a really sweet song for me, I think. I love it.
0: Well, thank you so much for just sitting with me yeah. today. And I think as we close, just I would love for you to speak into, maybe um, there's parents out there who are listening who it might be graduation time for <laughs> their own, yeah. um, or maybe that's coming up on the horizon, or maybe they're in kindergarten and, mm-hmm. and they're not realizing even now how fast it's going to fly. Yeah. Um, but I would love for you to just, maybe encourage parents out there. It's, it's rare that you get to sit and just listen to an 18-year-old that's maybe not your kid. Yeah. Um, and to get a fresh perspective on life and the world and kind of um, yeah. hope and that, that He's with us, like you reminded us of so beautifully today. But I guess if you could maybe say one thing to parents, like if you're going to get one thing right, as parents with your teens or with your tweens, <laughs> yeah. um, what would that one thing be that you would tell parents? Like, if you're going to focus on one thing that could blanket a hundred other things, like get this one thing right. Yeah, with your kids, like, what would you say? Um, the first thing that came to mind was just
2: like keep asking questions, keep mm. asking how they are, how their day was, and I know it's probably seems surface level, but it has always just just made me feel so thankful that I had parents who like cared about me and you know it's always nice when Mm. someone asks you how you are like genuinely yeah and so um I think I think parents Mm. (laughs) your kids there's a lot going on you know Mm. and there's a lot that they know you know there's a lot of things going out in the world today that you maybe don't know that they know or you don't know that they're experiencing and so just keep asking questions just keep continuing to pray for them ask if there's anything specific that you can pray for them mm. for and i think prayer is just one of the best ways that you can just cover your kids in protection and mm. and um that you know even if they they are going through something hard that you know you can you can be there with them and even if it might seem like they're pushing you away at sometimes because it's just it's natural for mm. <laughs> teenagers to do that sometimes you know Um, I think that would be my one, my one piece of advice is just keep leaning in, keep, Mm. keep asking questions because if anything, it's so nice for a kid to know that they always have, have at least one person who Mm. cares about them and cares about what they're going through and wants to listen. And then when they do talk to you, listen, Yeah, you know, don't try to jump to conclusions and say what you want to before they get it all out. You know, it's like, just really just listen and take it in because um, I think parents and kids learn from each other. And Mm -hmm. so even though it is mostly kids learning from adults, you know, I think, I think parents could be in a cool place where they could learn from their kids too and learn how to handle certain situations and how to encourage. And um, I think, yeah asking questions and listening after mm. after you ask them <laughs> i think i think it'll do wonders in a kid's life
0: i love that well as an 18 year old who's getting ready to fly the nest what do you think about the world we're living in right now um <laughs> <laughs> i think um it's
2: a very dark but also a ve- very beautiful place i think I, I just recently signed up for the the New York Times app mm. because I didn't want to read a newspaper. But um, <laughs> <laughs>
0: really, you're 62 inside. I'm surprised.
2: Yeah, um, and I just signed up for these little like uh, notifications whenever something mm-hmm. happens or a bill is passed or you know something happens all over the world. I I love to know about it because I I do want to be a well educated woman and I want to know what I'm going into mm-hmm. and I want to know the problems that people are having in the big debates. You know, I'm in government class, or I was in government class, mm. <laughs> um, and I was just learning what kind of made our world how it is. Yeah. And I think it's it's really nice to know your views. And as a Christian, too, as a believer, mm. just how to approach all of these situations, you know, mm. and really looking to the Bible for, like, hey, this is what God told us to do, and mm. I'm going to walk in this even if it's not what everyone else is doing. Mm. Um, and really just trying to be that light, you know, in a broken world. And and I'm not naive. I know that the world's broken. I know that there are some things going on that are causing (laughs) uproars, Mm. you know. Yeah. But I do want to just be an advocate for like, hey, this is what the Bible says. And Mm. and if it's God's living word to us, like, why wouldn't I read it? Why wouldn't I know how to follow it and Mm. um, follow you know, his rules that he set for us. And so, Mm -hmm. um, I think going into the world, just knowing who my God is and knowing Mm -hmm. who I am, you know, I think it's so important before you leave to just know who you are and know what you stand for and Mm -hmm. what you can fight for. And I think at the end of the day, you know, this world can be very beautiful you know, because God created it in the first place. So it's it's got to be beautiful at the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's right. I love this, and I love that I have it recorded because then I'm just going to, like, <laughs> play it back to you when you're having a hard day, Yeah. when you're out on your own. Hopefully yeah. you're here in Nashville where we are. Yes, hopefully. And you're like— Aunt Kiki, which is what you call me. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to be like, listen to what you said. Yeah. <laughs> well, do. I love you. Thank you so much for being Thank with you. me today I and just you. for speaking out from your heart. And we all just, just wish and hope and pray the best for you as you fly. Thank you. You fly the nest. <laughs> love you. Thank you. Love you. I hope today was encouraging and affirming to you of right where you are today that maybe God used something really specific to touch on some things that can become something you'll thread through this summer as you enter into this new season. A sweet little side note is that Adeline has a song coming out in June called Things I Didn't Say. And it's about a first love that didn't end up like she thought it would, at least not yet anyway. And by the end of the song, it takes this turn where she ends up saying what she needs to say and it honors this relationship in such a stunning way. And I told her how beautiful I thought it was that she was actually living out that family motto of leaving people and places better than she found them. Well, I have loved season two with you. Thank you again for making this one of the greatest joys of my life. Don't forget you can join us for the summer on patreon.com slash Knockles. I'll talk to you soon.